0: Today, I sit down with Paul Klassen of Pinnacle Group. Paul is the founder and CEO of the Pinnacle Group of Companies and is a journeyman carpenter who celebrates more than three decades in the construction industry. He brings with him a wealth of construction knowledge, having spent considerable time as a developer in the spec and custom home markets, as well as commercial retrofits, general contracting, project management, and upscale design-build renovations. Paul is one of the founding members of Calgary's Renomark chapter, which is an association dedicated to providing consumers with access to high-quality, integral, and ethical renovation companies. He served on the Renomark Council for several years, including chairing the council in 2010 and 2011, and continues to ensure his team is always abreast of the latest renovation trends and building code developments. Pinnacle continues to raise the bar and is the only Renomark renovator to guarantee their client's start date, completion date, and cost known as Pinnacle's SCC Guarantee. And in 2011, their efforts were recognized when they won the BBB Ethics Award, the only renovator to ever receive this accreditation. Now for the conversation with Paul Klassen. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show.
1: Nice to be here, Spencer. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for today. Uh, maybe let's kick things off. Just give us a quick uh, rundown of your your business today. Kind of who are you, where are you located, and what kinds of projects you're working on?
1: Yeah, sure. We're in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, so a little bit away from where you folks are at, but I have attended uh, Remodeler's Advantage in the U.S. and, of course, been at the IBS shows and so on. And. Various pockets of the U.S. So, but we're operating here in, in Alberta for sure, and I've been at this in in this province since 1999. But in the business 35 years, so grew up with the tools with my dad and became a GC at 24 years old. So been at this a little while.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you may have learned a couple of things along the way. <laughs> Still
1: learning though, man. Still learning. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if you're not, there's probably something wrong. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> true. Uh, well, what kinds of projects are you guys working on today? We have quite a quite a range, but our focus is on, on whole home rentals. So our, our sweet spot, if you will, is a complete home rental. And we love doing the whole package inside and out additions, two-story additions on a bungalow. We, you call them a ranch and different things like that. That's our sweet spot. That said, we have our own in-house cabinet shop. So we do all our custom cabinetry in-house. And then five years ago, we launched a handyman division just because we got tired of saying no to uh, a bunch of business that we were just handing away. And so we've got uh, a couple of crews in the handyman side as well. But our, our bread and butter is the whole home rental for sure.
0: Yeah, is there a lot of that going on in your area right now? Yeah, I think
1: COVID has definitely brought a brand new attention to homeowners in terms of what their house is or isn't doing for them. And as you know, working from home has is, is exacerbated a lot too, because now where do you have your office? Where do you have your kitchen? Where do you have your hangout space? So yeah, I think we've just really seen an appreciation, I think, for 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 homes, which is our mantra. Our tagline is creating homes for life or renovating homes for life. And life is all caps. There's so many rabbit trails. I could go down with that, that last word. I mean, life, life's been dealt with to all of us here during COVID. And I think it's, it's showing us how important our homes really are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely seeing a lot of shifts in, you know, what people are wanting now out of their their homes. Let's go back in time. You said you got onto the tools with your dad, I guess. I'm curious, like, where did it all start? And how'd you get into to this uh, construction world?
1: It's a long story, but there's there's some... Good parts, not some not so good parts too. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I remember growing up doing roofing and siding. My dad was in that business. So I I think I probably swinging a hammer at 10, 11, 12 years old, re-roofing barns and, and the rural properties in the neighboring province of Saskatchewan here. And so I, I enjoyed physical work. So I really, I worked on, we we're in a, in, a, in a farming community, worked on my grandfather's farms through summers as well. So really had a good good work ethic and was taught that at a very young age. So that, that didn't come hard to me. So coming out of high school, I went right into the journeyman program, the apprenticeship program here in Canada, got my journeyman carpentry at age 23, age 24, I launched my own business and that's whatever, 35 years, 36 years ago. So what happened along the way, though, is the first decade we were in custom homes and we were guaranteeing completion dates back then, which was really... Ah, uh, unique in our jurisdiction. So, you know, people that would transfer in, like bankers or uh, various professionals, they needed their home completed, obviously for that date when they transferred into the the town I was working out of. But uh, we, so we had that kind of in place quite a few years ago twenty five, six years ago. We moved to the to the next province over, which is Alberta, where we're at now, and very different world here in terms of uh, custom builds it's more of a big boys club you have to be you have to have property and land development and all of that and i was probably a little bit too too much of a maverick i wanted to run my own ship <laughs> so <laughs> we pivoted into rentals and mm-hmm. it was it was a really good move we still build custom homes we still build infills we'll do all of that i i say it this way that in my view this is hopefully i won't offend anybody but you know starting with a brand new fresh set of plans and a new build is i think so so doable but <laughs> i want to be careful i don't use the word simple because it is simpler in my view than tackling a whole swack of engineering challenges you have no idea what's behind those walls until you bring your engineering firm in and and rentals in my view have a whole set of challenges that you just don't have in new home construction so you know i feel we can do we do some pretty large projects and the bigger, the better for, for me, I love the bigger, the bigger, the challenge, the more fun we have in my view, but yeah, that's been the kind of the journey of that would you like me to tell you where it got, got, got ugly? <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> or, yeah, let's get into the question. ugly,
0: let's get into the ugly part and then I'm going to take us back after that, but sure. I, I won't turn you down on that one. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, it, it actually, it, it it's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a silver lining. Good. It, it was interesting because I, I, going back to my, to my father and that, that world, I actually vowed as, I think I was a teenager. I vowed I would never do what my dad does. I wouldn't go into construction. (laughs) So guess what I did? I defaulted into construction. And then I, I feel, you know, started married young, had a family, four amazing kids. And, you know, we just grew the family by the time I got into my thirties, I was looking for other business ventures. I was involved in probably four other businesses I still have a couple of those businesses running today. Uh, I was trying to exit. I really—that's the ugly part—and you know, the, and, and ugly in a, in a way because it, it taught me a lot of things. At age forty, I had a had a what I feel is an epiphany, and it was just sharpening the focus. I I viewed myself as a carpenter, which I was. I was, I think, a good carpenter, but I viewed myself all the way through retirement as a tool belt around my hips and a swinging a hammer. That's what I viewed as a as a carpenter. The focus I got at age forty was after I call it divine intervention. It, in my view, it was. I was desperately looking for signs, like what am I, what, what am I going to do with my life? And my wife, I'm I'm certain, is very thankful that I finally found it. But that that focus, that sharp kind of tweak, was wasn't much of a tweak. Was just I got this narrative in my head that well, hang on. You're a carpenter, but what you really do, do is transform the way families live. That's really what you do because you get to, to literally tear apart a current environment, bring it back to new and transform the way they live. And that, Spencer, that tweak was, I, I say it this way. I've been at, that's 20, what, 21 years ago. I haven't worked a day in my life since. I really feel, I still get goosebumps. I still love walking into a brand new awful looking home that I'm going to transform into, to, to an amazing product. So that's the silver lining. I got my epiphany got ugly from my family because I dragged them through the mud for a few years trying to find myself, but I did thank, Thank Thank God I did.
0: Yeah, no, that that's, that's cool that you had that because yeah, I mean, none of these like journeys that we're all on are perfect or straight up into the right or you know any of those like there's always bumps there's chasms that we have to go you know go into or you know cross or whatever it is so yeah and i'm curious i have several questions so i'm trying to figure out where to start but one you said you you got into several businesses i find that like entrepreneurs are kind of visionaries i put myself in that bucket just because you have ideas on ideas and ideas and you're like, oh, we could do this and do this and do this. You know, was that part of that like clarity you got at 40 was, hey, I'm, I'm going to focus on transforming or do you still find yourself like wanting to explore some other avenues just because
1: you have ideas um, or you see opportunity? I think for me, the uh, focus is more on how can I augment my current business? Because I really found this is my lane. And I'm always looking at ways to improve. I'm probably I probably OD a fair amount on on just training. I'm a, a, a sponge for learning, so I love to avail myself of smarter people than I am, and that's through books, through seminars, webinars, podcasts, whatever. I really, really love that learning process. So I like I, you know what what happened is I I got in, into real estate investing, and I thought that was really going to go into that was going to be my kind of my 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 outcome but we did we we still own those and and we got into a fairly reasonable real estate portfolio that we still manage today but was down another track you know it's interesting you say the journey i went down a track uh, from age 24 to 34 26 to yeah, i think it's 26 to 36 where i got involved in a business and i say that it was it was a detour i thought it was a detour looking at times in my life, but now just talking to my wife, just even this last week, I, I felt it was probably the best university I ever got. It was an MLM, if you can believe it. Uh, hmm. But I got I got around some extremely progressive thinkers and people skills, parenting skills, just business dynamics and principles in general. I learned from that that group, and it was I feel it was an invaluable kind of MBA in business I got uh, while, while I was on the job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I like the phrasing of that because I mean, I think a lot of kids today are going to school and they're dropping 200 grand or 300 grand over four years and they get saddled with all this debt. And it's like, what did you really learn? And imagine if you had sunk 200 grand into a business and just had to learn on the fly you'd learn 10 or hundred X that probably. So I think it's a good, a valid point you make. I'm also curious too, you said at 24, you started your own business. Like not everyone does that. You know, that's a young age. Like, was it confidence? Was it like, I just, I know what I want to do. Like what propelled you to say like, yep, I'm doing this and at such a
1: young age. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't think this is the case. I'm the first born of six, always, had a lot of responsibility, So I was, I think I was kind of an old soul, you know, even being young, I saw myself tapped out. I, I went through two companies in my, during my apprenticeship and the last company I was with, I just, I just remember, I think the thought process was, I can definitely do as good as this individual's doing. And I think I can do it better. Of course, nothing but vim and vinegar at, at age 24. <laughs> I I plunge. I can't believe my wife, you know, came along for the ride because it was it was scary. But man, we just we had an awesome run. Business came our way, and we connected with so some realtors. Got into spec housing, so we built spec. It was kind of boom times back then. You know, the firstborn kind of losses of responsibility kind of idea. But I will tell you that there's you know there's always people you meet along the way. I had a had a uh, fellow that I had a lot of confidence in back then, and he just took me from a self-esteem of maybe substandard to a very positive self-esteem. And he just said, he just encouraged me. He said, Paul, you're the, I don't think I, was he lying to me? I think he probably was. (laughs) He said, you're the best carpenter in this town. And I thought, wow, if you think that way, maybe I can make it. So I I just latched onto that positive affirmation. And that was part of the impetus of of me jumping on my own.
0: book bonuses that go along with that. If you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. That's cool. Yeah. It's so interesting that sometimes it can just come down to one or two little things, but then you look back on it and it's like that pivot point and it puts you on this trajectory that, you know, so super interesting. I'm also curious, like you, you've you been on this journey a while. What do you think's the toughest part of
1: being in business for yourself and grow or trying to grow a business? Well, there's probably two answers to that. Business in general, looking back, had I only known what I know now, the old adage, right? But <laughs> yeah, could have gone I, a little faster. <laughs> yeah, I think scaling our business is one topic that's that I'm still working on. I'm still, I still haven't con- completely understood. I'm working on and on a reasonable trajectory, I think. But zero in our business in the rental renovation business, I think zero to a couple, few million a year gross sales is is very doable by anybody that's that's got some motivation and, and strong work ethic, but scaling it beyond that is is a whole other topic. So I think just a broad picture from what I heard from your, your question was more of the business side itself. I, I think connecting with mentorship early would have been something I would have done a better job of. And then just realizing that I think what I was always scared of was going for loans or lines of credit. I thought bankers were my enemy and I found out actually they want my book of business. So (laughs) if, if I treat them right and abide by the principles, I can ask for money, but I just obviously got to abide by their rules. Yep. They need, they need my book of business. Had I known that I would have done things a little differently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I know there's always like, there's so many little things that you just don't know when you're first getting started and you don't know what you don't know. So it's not like you, just go, oh, I got to pick up this book and just get all the answers. And so, yeah, I'm always curious too. Usually people have like a um, crazy or weird client story, obviously, you know, leave out any, you know, names and stuff like that. But is there anything over the years where you're just like, man, I can't believe we went through that or I can't believe that happened?
1: Yeah, we've been, we've been very, very fortunate. And I and I tell clients this too. And I don't know if I do it as a self-serving thing. I don't consciously do it as that, but I tell tell people we're we've been super blessed with with amazing clients. There's always, there's always the anomaly. We have had a couple, like literally less than a handful, that have been challenging and really challenging. Uh, and I say challenge uh, where where that you just couldn't you couldn't come to a reconciliation. There's only been a couple of those in 30 some years, but there's always the the, the, the client that that seeks. So we just had one recently that seeks perfection versus excellence. Mm. And I feel like I do a good job at the front end, but not everybody listens. And of course they're listening through a filter anyway. But I just say, you know what? We're not robots. You can't program us to tolerances. We're humans. And with, with the human condition there's, there's going to be fall down. But what we will never do is what I promise our clients. And I've now got all these years of, of, of history behind us is we'll never walk away. We will always finish. And I had a client just recently, we're halfway through their project. We call it the lowest ebb at drywall stage or boarding stage. It's the lowest ebb. We actually have a map, a psyche map that we give called a renovation survival guide to our clients that shows that we're going to expect you to be really low at this drywall stage and then it comes back because you've spent all this money, you got your deposit money in, you see nothing but tear apart and, and junk and now are you going to complete? So the, the challenging clients are those that like I just read, I ran into recently is they've heard so many horror stories, which is so sad in our business, but they really were worried. Their friends just said, is this guy going to like, are they actually going to finish They're halfway through? Well, of course we are. We got like, at any given time, nine to twelve projects on the go with a with a website full of galleries and and a roll of exit customers. And thirty five years behind us, of course we're going to finish, but it's still an angst point for clients. And and so that excellence versus perfection commentary, and then the horror stories that clients have felt that I have to resell them on integrity. That's a really unfortunate part of our business.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it it is prevalent in this industry. I mean, so many of those nasty experiences or people bailing on jobs or taking deposits and just see you later, you know. So yeah, yeah, no, and, and obviously there's lots of great companies like yours that are doing the good work to try to turn, turn that back around for those people so that they can have those amazing transformations. I'm curious too, what do you think, you know, you're most proud of just of what you've built, or what's been like an outcome of the journey, or maybe a, a certain milestone you hit along the way
1: as you reflect back. Yeah, that's a that's a deep deep question. For me, one of the biggest things that I'm thankful for, proud is maybe a different word. I, I guess I could use that too. I'm thankful for my personal journey, my personal growth. You know, type A type A Taurus is, bull in a china shop. That's 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 that's, nice. that's the DNA. Sp- package i was delivered at birth i guess i would have uh would have loved to have some more some more mentorship on that i'm thankful that i've run into some great uh, mentors and, and people i respect that have that have helped me with my personal journey and my personal growth to be just more forgiving and more tolerant of of challenges that come up i think that's that's been a wonderful outcome in business i think as far as accomplishments honestly i Hope I'm coming across honestly this way when I say this, but some of my biggest accomplishments, in my view, are the turnover days for our clients, just seeing, like seeing that that absolute thrill and joy of their transformed homes. We always say we'd love to be a fly in the wall, you know, at Christmas or Easter or family birthday parties or anniversaries, to see how our spaces are reconnecting the family. If I can say it that way, Spencer, it might seem lofty, but I really believe in our tagline and I, I really believe in transforming the way people live. And I, and I, I really feel that's our greatest accomplishment is we, we get to reconnect families. We get to, to to ensure that home is truly their favorite place to be, that they want to come home. They're thankful. They're proud. They're excited to come home into their new space. And then it reconnects a family because they bring everybody into that space, their friends or family, their relatives or you know, neighbors and all of that. That's just so fulfilling for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. And that's, you know, when you connect the why to what you do, then you get, you look for it more and you get to experience that more. And and uh, that's the outcome you're driving at. So that's super cool. Paul, what do you think the future looks like for, for you guys and where you're heading in the next
1: three, five, 10 years? Yes. Well, you know, it's, I'm at a, at a stage in life where I, we are, we have been working on a succession plan for a number of years. Not every one of them have, have panned out. And so, you know, we're on it on a journey. I, I feel I'm healthy. I feel so good about where we're at. I feel we have a, a solid decade ahead of us. That you know we're going to see if there's a a, a successor, if you will. I, I I'm really working to create a legacy business, so I'd love to hand this to someone that's working for us, or you know a group that really understands our our mantra and our and our vision. Um, super proud of, if I can say this, super proud of our team. We've got long tenure in our team, and probably answering your other question, but that's part of this trajectory moving forward. We've got young folks, middle-aged, you know, my age and older, the whole kind of cross-section of of age and demographic, but I really feel like we're on a on a really good, are a, a really good spot in a really good position in our city and our locale to, to scale our business. We're looking at growth. i just sat down with my marketing team and and some of the things that we're looking at. And, and we've got a pretty solid growth plan and, and scaling target. So it's aggressive, and I feel like I got nothing but life in front of me, and I'm I'm excited about what I'm doing. I'm not a young buck; I've got lots of experience behind me, so I feel like I can weather the storms probably a little better than I used to. And for that reason, I feel the next decade's got a lot of promise. I just feel like we've we've got a lot of opportunity here in the local lo- local area.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it sounds like future looks bright, and yeah, it's exciting to hear just kind of that. Forward-looking excitement from you, you know. I think I've only been doing my own business for eleven years. I can imagine over you know thirty-five years or so that you have to either look for those things to excite you, or just keep leaning on the why. And so it's really inspiring to see that. Like, hey, we've come this far, and I feel like the most exciting part is still in front of us. So that's that's fun to hear. Paul, we have a lot of remodelers listening to this show, or I would say well, probably only remodelers listening to this show. If you just kind of had an open floor to share, you know, words of wisdom or takeaways or inspiration or anything that you would just want to pass along to other people
1: that are probably in similar shoes, I'll say, how would you like to wrap up? Yeah, again, we could we could spend a lot of time on that 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 question, but I I think you keep coming back to to a word which I feel is the magic, and that's finding your why. I would say find your why early and seek it with gusto. Like you you have to. Unfortunately, it took me till age 40 to find it, and maybe life has to deal you some curveballs, you know, before you get serious enough about your why. But if you don't know why you're getting up, there's going to be constant conflict. This business is a hard business. I am not going to sugarcoat it. It's a difficult business, many moving parts to do it successfully, to keep client referrals, to keep your reviews. It's a very challenging business. Replacement contractors, in my view, whole different story. You're in there for days. We're in their home for months. They get to see every good, bad, ugly thing about us. And likewise, we get to see their dirty laundry as well. We get to see them at their best and at their worst. And I think you have to know why and you you have to it has to be super powerful for you to overcome because there's going to be a lot of obstacles without a without a doubt we've just experienced financial crisis a number of years ago now covid i mean back in the day there was other things we went through an oil crisis here where we saw the economy tank there's going to be things that you have to you have to overcome the other thing i would say is align yourself as the old adage save when you don't have to Financial prowess, in my view, is a huge part of success. Bank your do not do not live your lifestyle where you're where you're earning, especially in gross receivables. It can look pretty pretty sweet in your bank account. Don't spend it. Sock it away. Get your LLCs, your lines of credits built while you can, while you have a solid uh, balance sheet. Getting that that uh, tagging along. Getting yourself a financial mentor early. To ensure you're on the right trajectory, hold yourself accountable to somebody you respect. Being a part of a peer group like Remodelers Advantage or Builder Funnel, some of the some of the uh, organizations that that you that you you uh, obviously are running and are part of as, as, as are we, are all things that I would suggest as as a, the the big picture <laughs> overview, if I can. Yeah. And find yourself somebody you can be accountable to. Probably I, I've done that on a personal level. That is that, got to be you got to be. You got to you got to buckle up for that because if somebody's going to be really straight with you and you respect and honor them you have to then change and you got to be willing to change. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that last one's really good too because yeah, when you're running the show it's it's easy to not be accountable to yourself and so if you can if you're fortunate enough to find somebody that actually will and and you trust their judgment and their their insight that that's huge. So yeah, I'm sure we could have spent, you know, 10, 20 more minutes on that question, but I think those are, those are really good takeaways and things to think about for people. And Paul, I appreciate you spending your time, you know, sharing your story with us.
1: My pleasure. Yeah. It's always, it's uh, interesting to, in retrospect, to go back and dig up the past.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, we can always learn something from history, right? So (laughs)
1: indeed. Indeed. Let's hope we can. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much, Paul. Absolutely. My pleasure. Take care, Spencer. Have a good Christmas.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.